to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Calling all reactive dog owners. Y'all, I know that owning a reactive dog is daunting, it's overwhelming, it's stressful, but I want to give you tools. I want to make your life easier. So that is why I created Reactive Redefined. Reactive Redefined is an online course for reactive dog owners uh, so that you have the skills to improve your dog's reactivity and to make outings more enjoyable. So if you'd like to learn more about Reactive Redefined, head over to my website, agfdogtraining.com. Um, click Reactive Redefined to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have a very special guest today who is also a friend of mine. So um, Kim Gillespie is with us today, and she is an energy practitioner and animal communicator, and she's going to share all about what she does and how she could help you and your animals. So Kim, I'm so happy you're here. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yes. Okay. So why don't you tell the listeners how you got started in all of this? Like what came first, energy work, animal communication? Well, I mean, I've always been an quote unquote animal person. So, you know, when I was a kid, I always had every kind of thing and I'd bring it home and drive my mom crazy and you know, the story. Um, but yeah, I've always was fascinated by animal communication. So I started taking some classes with the lady that was local and at one of the practices, um, I overheard some people talking about animal energy work. And I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I kind of eavesdropped on them and found out about the classes. And then I took those classes. Um, and that just came kind of naturally. So I'm pretty sure in another life I was doing that. Because that just kind of, I didn't really understand it, but it came natural to me. And the instructor would be like, oh, you're, you know, you're doing great. And this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but. <laughs> so you it was like. had it inside of you and you were just starting to cultivate it now. Well, we all have it, but I was relearning it because I had forgotten it in this life. Right. Yes. So yeah. So got into that. I started doing that in like 2007. Um, after I got laid off after 22 years, same place. So it was really a horrible time and yet an opportunity, you know, bad things sometimes happen so that good things can come in. Oh my gosh. I did not know that about you. Right. And I'm sure then it was so terrifying, but are you so delighted the trajectory that it led you on? Yeah. I mean, now it's like, okay, well that had to happen so that this could happen. But at the time it really sucked. <laughs> so in fact, my very first live like class class thing that was for animal communication like I'd done you know because you, there's things you can do online and you know um it's like I found out on a Friday that I was getting laid off and my very first in-person live animal communication animal communication class was the next day divine timing so it was like i was a mess i was just an absolute mess and this poor woman terry o'hara god bless her soul she's the best um yeah she just got me through it and i was like getting stuff too so that was like super encouraging to me but it was fun yeah it's been a journey for sure oh my god so. okay so can you kind of explain to the listeners how the communication works because I think that there's so much ambiguity around that and people just don't understand it so can you explain how your process works so you know it really I mean everything is energy so that's like quantum physics it's not woo woo everything is energy so your thoughts are energy that's why you kind of have to be careful when you're thinking things because thoughts are things right um so, I mean, how many times have you been thinking of, oh God, I haven't talked to so-and-so in like so long. I wonder how they're doing. I hope they're doing okay. And then like two days later, they call you and say, hey, I was thinking about you. 
I mean, crazy stuff like that happens all the time. And that's telepathy. I mean, that's just exchanging energies over the waves, right? So that is basically just what I do. I have to just center myself. You have to learn to work from the heart as opposed to the head, because if you get your head involved, then things really go south. Because the ego wants to come in and tell you this and that and the other. That's why it's helpful to not know stuff. Like sometimes clients will call up and say, okay, I need a session for Fluffy. And this and this and this and this and this and all this, this has happened. And I'm like, stop. I don't want to know. Because I don't want that in my head when I'm trying to listen to Fluffy. So, yeah, I mean, it's just all energy. So, I don't know. It does sound wonky sometimes. It does sound crazy. But... But I think that people listening, like when you explain it like that, I'm like, of course, that makes so much sense. So um, I remember one of the first communications that you did with, I think it must have been Sunny and Tiva at the time. I know you've talked to a lot of dogs in my care over the years, but I remember you explaining it to me that they're conveying images and you're just trying to kind of translate what those images mean. Is that right? Right. Yeah. I mean, dogs quote-unquote talk and images really well that's kind of like their first language right so yeah I mean ways that you can receive information from the animals and ways that I receive information like everybody is always saying I want to talk to the animals and that's what I did too when I first started I want to talk to the animals and it's like okay well sometimes I do hear sentences and stories and this that and the other but a lot of times I will see little films in my head or a lot of times, and this is a blessing and a curse, but, but a lot of times I will feel things in my body. So I can feel that, oh, why does my shoulder hurt? And then like the next day, somebody will call and say, hey, I wonder if you could do some energy work on my dog. She fell and she hurt her shoulder. You know, so it's like you get sensations in your body, you see little films, dogs do that really well. Um, so that's always a good place to start for people is to send your animals pictures, um, you know, quote unquote, talk to them that way because they're really good at that. Oh my gosh. Okay. And that piece of advice you gave to me, this was seriously probably like eight years ago, but I remember we were in a conversation with, well, conversation, quote unquote, right? It's so much more than just language, but um, a communication with Sunny and Tiva. And the problem that I was having is that Tiva was losing her shit in the crate at agility trials because mm -hmm. she like, she would not keep it together. And I was trying to figure out like, how can I help her? And I remember you telling me to send her images of the step-by-step -step process of what it's going to look like when we get there, right? So there was more security, more predictability for her. And that was immensely helpful for us as a team, right? She was just kind of like all over the place, right? Like we're going to this place, I'm going to get a play, but then I have to be stuck in this box. Like what is all of this? And when I could help communicate to her, like we're going to get there, you're going to wait in the car while I get the crate set up and like projecting those images to her. It was immensely helpful. And that happens so many times. Dogs just want information. It's like they seriously just want, I mean, how would you like it if somebody just got you up, threw you in the car and started driving and you had no idea where you were going, what you were doing, what your day is gonna look, I mean, that's stressful. Um, especially when they speak another language often. I mean, cause it's seriously just like, speaking two completely different languages. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, it, dogs really get stressed out. They just, they want information. Um, wow. Yeah, so, okay, so for everyone listening, can you just kind of like operationalize that a little bit? Like, is it as simple as this like literally thinking in your mind and envisioning what's gonna happen and kind of help conveying that to the dog? Yeah, I mean, totally they can do that. And they also have to remember that some, now, things don't necessarily happen immediately. Like, if I'm thinking in my mind, fluffy, you know, like, you, you want to test stuff out. You want to play with this stuff, right? So you're like, okay, fluffy, I want you to come to me. You know, fluffy's in the living room and you're in the bedroom. Fluffy, come to me and you're thinking this. And fluffy doesn't immediately come and you think you failed. Well, no. You know, just, you really got to settle. Get out of your head. 
get into your heart, you know, start sending that image of Fluffy getting off the couch and running into the bedroom to you, you know, work it for a little while and see what happens. Um, that, because I told you at the beginning, before we got on that I had some cool stories. So this is a cool story of that. So one day I looked outside and there was just like a bunch of crows in my neighbor's yard. And I know they use chemicals on their yard and I hate that. And we don't use anything much to my husband's chagrin because now we have dandelions and we's, I'm like, I don't care. I don't want the animals to get all that chemical shit. So we're not using crap on the yard. So you go pick weeds or whatever, but we're not doing it. So I just got quiet and I'm like, I talked to the crows. I'm like, look, you guys, they use a bunch of junk on their yard and it's not healthy for you. If you come over to our yard, you can eat all the stuff you want. You know, we got worms, we got everything they got, but it's not polluted. You know, it's not poisonous to you. So I just stood there at the window and I watched for, and it took like maybe five minutes of just sending love and sending, you know, I want to help you. I want you to be healthy, da 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 and pretty soon, here they all come up and over to my yard, and pretty soon, I had this big murder of crows in my yard. It was so freaking cool. Oh it was just, God. like, squealing, because it was so, because I love crows, so. It was amazing. It was super fun, and, I mean, I literally saw them pulling worms out of my yard and just having a feast in my yard. It was so great. So don't give up just because things don't happen immediately. Keep working it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Kim, I want to hear just a little bit more about what you did as far as like education is concerned, because I know that um, animal communication can be hard for people to wrap their minds around, but um, you have done a lot of continued education to cultivate what you do. So can you tell my listeners kind of like what that trajectory was like? Yeah, so I did, you know, I've done, like, I worked with Terry O'Hara, Terry O'Hara a lot, and people can, like, look her up on the internet, Animal Wise is her business, um, and she's in Oregon now, but she was here, she used to live here in Colorado, so she had, like, several levels of classes that you could do, so I did all of those, you know, one, two, three levels, um, I did some uh, weekend classes with Carol Gurney, um, when she came into town, I'd done some online classes, you know, taking communication classes online, which is totally doable, people. If anybody's interested in that, you can totally find somebody to do that. So just taking a lot of classes with a lot of different people, um, and because everybody doesn't operate the same way. I mean, every communicator is different. So some people have different teaching styles. So it was good to learn different styles, get different tips from everybody. It's tons of practice, practice, practice. Um, and then finally, Terry, um, like every three or four years, she'll have an apprenticeship. <clears throat> so I applied for that and I actually got in. I was talked. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm going for it. I'm going to apply for it. And I did. And I got in. So that was really cool. So that was an intense year. That was a year long apprenticeship, me and four other gals. Um, so yeah, so it's still, I mean, and it's still a work in progress because I still, you know, if something comes up, oh yeah, I want to listen to that person or hear, you know, what's going on with somebody else. So it's like, you never stop learning and you especially never stop learning from the animals. Right. They're the best teachers. Oh my God. So in all of your practice, can you just give the listeners like an idea of like the different species that you were practicing and communicating with, right? Because I know crows and, and you've done a lot of work with dogs, but I know that you've done a lot of other species communication as well. So yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough to go out to a friend who has like a army ranch place so we've got you know out there we got donkeys and llamas and horses and other dogs and there were baby birds that were up in the nest so that was cool that one time we got to talk to the baby birds that were rah, 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 you know barking whatever birds do chirping in the nest um you know whenever i get the chance like in between our houses here um on the side of our house, it's kind of like Wild Kingdom. So sometimes we get visitors in there. 
So I've had skunk in there and we kind of scared each other one night because I shined. I'm like, what am I hearing? And I shined my light out there and there was a skunk out there and I'm like, oh. and he was like, oh. <laughs> so we scared each other and I'm like, calm down. I don't mean you any harm. <laughs> Tell me about yourself. <laughs> so, I, so I talked to him for a while and then I'm like, that was cool. So I like, I didn't know what skunks ate. So it's good practice for me just to, you know, when it's hard for validation, because I'm like, well, how do I know I really heard that? Yes, I still second guess myself. Um, so I Googled it after we were done talking and it's like, sure enough, that's what's going to see. That's so cool. You know, so anytime you get the opportunity to talk to wildlife, your neighbors, well, now here's the thing. <laughs> you really should have permission to talk to another person's animals. So it's not like I'm ever going to be talking to Tiva and Waylon without your permission. But it's okay when you're driving down the street and a dog pulls up to you in a car that you say hi, right? Yeah. So, or in, you know, zoo animals, wildlife, um, who owns them? Nobody really. So it's okay to talk to them. Right. See the information you can get. Slip in there. Say, what's it like to be you? And that works really well when you're first starting out. It's like, what's it like to be you? And just close your eyes and kind of slip into their body and feel what they're feeling. That's a really awesome kind of beginning. Well, it's not really a beginning technique. I still do that, um, you know, when I'm talking to the animals. So I'm going to do that. The next time I encounter some deer in the woods, I'm going to try that. I'm going to have Waylon on leash so he doesn't startle them. But <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> but totally just like sit yourself down and deep breaths and just slip in there what's it like to be you and see what you see and see what you what you find out it's really cool it's fun it's amazing so um i want to talk just a little bit about like your moral code as it pertains to animal communication so for everyone listening um, Kim was a big part of um, communicating with the dog that we had Hilo. And most of you listening know Hilo's fate, right? That we loved and adored him, but he wasn't safe to live on this planet. And we ended up um, doing a behavioral euthanasia. And we did have a communication with him before he passed, but you were very clear about you were not going to tell him his fate. And I, I just want to hear from you because... Um, I respect so much of that, and I know that each animal communicator is different, but um, I just want to hear what your moral code is on some of the things you just are, you take off the table. Well, I mean, then that was quite a while ago, but I didn't, I wasn't sure of his fate. I mean, we yeah. all have free will, and we all make choices, so, you know, it really made me super sad when that happened but you know sometimes that has to be done it it it, it, it is what it is you know um so no I was not gonna tell him you know I would we, we talked about if you do this then maybe this could happen you know we talked about different scenarios but I had no idea of what was truly going to happen um you know there was people choices involved. There was his choices involved. So there was no way for me to know. This is like when people call me and their dog is old or sick and they're like, can you tell me if he's ready to go? Just, no, I can't. I can't make that. What if I'm off that day? What if I'm having a bad day and I tell you the wrong things? It's like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, what I can tell you is how your dog is feeling. Is he in pain? Um, you know, is he depressed? Da, 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 da. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just there to communicate feelings and how your animal's feeling, but I'm definitely never there to make a decision for you. That's not my job. Yeah. That's no, and it can't be, right? It can't be your job, right? Your job is to communicate what's happening in the present, not to make judgments about the future. Yeah. And I remember that last conversation with Hilo and, and him, you know, his ideal fate was that it would just be me and him. <laughs> and he wished that that could just be our life. Right. And I heard him, I heard him so loud and clear on that. Right. And 
obviously in a different world, maybe that could have been it. It could have just been me and him, but it couldn't be. And you know, that information was super powerful for us to have those last few days together, right? Where we could be together. And I knew what he desired. I knew I couldn't give that to him, but um, that was so tremendously powerful. And I think, you know, obviously I can't know for sure for Hilo, but for me, like having that, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it closure, but just like that understanding of like, I did understand where he was at and I was doing my best to give him what he needed. And, you know, ultimately I couldn't give him what he needed. Um, but you know, that conversation was invaluable. And I remember one time also with Hilo, him telling you that he saw red sometimes. Right. And like he did literally, like you could see it, his eyes would gloss over and he wasn't him anymore. Right. And just knowing the discomfort that must have caused him not being in control. Yeah. Sometimes they really just, I mean, in euthanasia is always our last resort. I mean, nobody wants to just do that. It's just so sad. But that being said, my personal opinion, and I love animals. I mean, I'm an animal girl. You know, I wouldn't be doing what, I was, what I'm doing if I didn't. But just occasionally, doesn't happen often, but occasionally that is just, that's what has to, has to happen. And that makes everybody sad. But, I'll, you know, sometimes it really is in the best interest of the animal because we have to remember what pain are they in? You know, what are they going through? It's not all about our all our stuff too yeah, so absolutely absolutely finding that humility and recognizing that the dog's well-being is of the utmost importance and you know unfortunately in Hilo's case um I really I felt the freedom when he was released from his physical form right I think that he was tortured in that body for a long time and we did everything we could for him but yeah. okay so on a lighter note everyone listening thank you for going there with us um okay so can you just kind of explain how all of this works like you can communicate with animals you don't have to be in their presence I think that sometimes that's hard for people to like wrap their minds around so like can you just walk us through like what that process looks like so if someone wanted to work with you how do I know you don't want to know much about the dog, but what do you want to know about the dog or see about the dog before you, you proceed with the communication? Okay. Yeah. I prefer actually not to be in person because then that's way too distracting for me because the dog is cute and they're soft and frightened. They want to lick you. It's like, no, this is way too distracting for me. So I do not do, some people do, I do not do in-person appointments because that's not my best work then. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I want to, I have to have a picture of the dog. I don't have to, I prefer to have a picture of the dog. Um, and it's, you know, how old are they? Uh, were they a rescue or did you get them as a puppy? I mean, just some basic, you know, their name, obviously just basic information. Um, yeah, it's okay if they say, you know, we've had a behavioral problem or he bit the neighbor or, you know, just basic info, but I don't want in-depth, you know, we don't need to talk for 20 minutes before we even have the session because I don't want to know all that stuff because I want to hear that from the animal, not from the person. And, you know, I mean, I want to hear both sides because it's a conversation. I mean, it's a three-way conversation. So it's not fair for you to unload all that info on me um, without the dog's input, right? Right. Right. It's like behind somebody's back. So for sure. For sure. So um how do you structure the session? Do you try and just like open it up to hear from the dog first and then ask the owner if they have questions for the dog? Do you just kind of let it flow? Like what does that look like? Yeah, we'll kind of just let it flow. I always check in with the animal like maybe 15-20 minutes before the session just to introduce myself or reintroduce myself and say, hey, you know. My name's Kim. Your mom's concerned about, um, you know, some behavior issues. We're going to be talking about that. And some of them are like, I cannot wait because I got stuff to say. <laughs> and then some are more shy and they're like a little afraid they're going to maybe, you know, be in trouble or did I do something wrong or, you know, so all the, you know, everybody's different, just like people. 
but I just like to introduce myself. And sometimes when we're having that little tiny conversation, just an introduction, stuff will come flooding through from the animal. Um, and I, you, I will note it and like write it down, but then I'm like, okay, let's save it because we're going to be talking in a few minutes. So let's just, you know, I've noted some things. Let's save it and hold it over for the conversation so we can all talk about it. Um, and then, yeah, we just get on the phone and kind of see, you know, if it's several animals, who wants to talk first. Um, a lot of times the owner just will start in um, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Cause when the person is talking, basically what I'm doing is they're talking and I'm at the same time, I'm sending that to the animal. Um, and then the animal's telling me or showing me, or I'm feeling in my body, you know, several ways for info to come to me. Um, and then I send that back to the, you know, so I'm just basically an interpreter is really all I'm doing wow. is just interpreting two different languages. Um, yeah. yeah. But, and I think, I think that, um, this is something guys, before we started recording, we were talking about, right? Like my intention with this episode was really to help all of you beautiful people listening, understand that if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling like your dog or your animal and you are just aren't on the same page, Kim can help y'all find some common ground so that you can understand a little bit better what's going on. So, um, can you just give the listeners a little bit more feedback about, the wide range of situations that your services can be really valuable in, right? So everyone listening, we talk a lot about behavior and training in this podcast, but I think that pain and emotions, um, maybe like upset belly, like I feel like there's so much that you can help owners understand about their animals that maybe they wouldn't have known otherwise. Right. Well, and a lot of times things like that, like pain or discomfort can lead to a behavioral issue. Yes. Um, you know, so I always really like, I mean, a lot of times people will go, oh, you know, so-and-so is sick. Can you talk to them? It's like, well, have you taken them to the vet? I mean, you guys got to do your basic steps before you come to me. So if there's something really off, don't wait to talk to me. Go to the vet. Get some, you know, get some help for your animal. Don't let them suffer waiting because you're waiting to talk to me. And I am not a vet, so I don't diagnose anything, but I can, you know, kind of slip in there, do a body scan and, okay, well, I see something, you know, over the back ribs or, you know, I can see something in the shoulders not right or, you know, I talked to dog recently and... I'm like, I'm seeing something around the hiney. What is going on? It's like, this, this is a black area. And she's like, oh, well, he's been scoping his butt and his anal gland. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily look in there and say, okay, this dog has cancer and, or there's a right. tumor or, I mean, I'm not a vet. I don't diagnose, I can't see, but I can say, okay, well, there is something in this area. And a lot of times, you know, things happen in the, and so this is kind of gets into the energy work too. Things happen in the energy field before they manifest in the body. So if I see something and we can clear it in the energy body, then it will not hopefully manifest in the physical body. So it's kind of important, you know, to get that energy work perspective in there um, to help clear things so that then they don't manifest. But yeah, pain, a lot of times dogs in pain will act naughty. It's like, well, when you're feeling like shit, you're going to be not too happy either. Right. So yeah. No, but I think that the capacities of your services, right, in animal communication and in energy work could be so useful in so many settings. So um, before we brought Waylon home, you checked in with Sunny and Tiva. I had you check in with them just so that they were clear on like, okay, mom is going to leave for a day. She's going to get on an airplane. She's getting a puppy. When she comes home, there's going to be a puppy here. Like, um, 
that's just one small scope of like how your services can aid in getting the information to our dogs when they need it. Right. And there again, information. They want to know what's going on. They don't want you just bringing home this new dog and yay, and everybody's going to get along. Well, guess what? That <laughs> I know because you, and you know, this is where it sometimes it takes a village because Rachel has helped me when I brought my new puppy home and I'm an animal communicator and I, you know, my dogs knew what was going on and they knew exactly what was happening and when it was happening, this, that, and the other. And yet when I brought my, you know, my new guy home, things were not just perfectly harmonious. So, you know, I could hear what they were saying, but I didn't know how to, to like, fix exactly you know i i didn't have the training components so i'm like rachel <laughs> i need your help <laughs> so together we worked to solve that problem and now everybody's just you know everything's hunky-dory and fine um but so sometimes it does take a village so you might need rachel and then you might need me and then you might need you know, maybe you're going to need some acupuncture or maybe some essential oils or, you know, there's just tons of different modalities. And we're so lucky that we have all these choices that we can help with today. Yeah. Um, different things that we can help our animals with. And everything just complements each other so nicely, right? That like, sure, training could work, but if we could do training and some communication and make sure that the dog's physical form is in really good health, like, I think that the conjunction of all of those, that's where we really see the most success for everyone. Right. And I will, I will be upfront and tell you that, I mean, a lot of times people are like, well, I want you to tell my dog to stop doing this. And they think that I'm just going to go and tell their dog not to do the thing they don't like, right? And then everything's going to be hunky-dory. Well, you know what? No, because a lot of times there's homework for the people more than the dog. I mean, a lot of times the people are the problem or a very large part of it. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not mean, but I'm going to be honest and say, your dog needs you to do this and you need to hold yourself accountable to do xyz to help your dog um or cat or you know whatever animal we're talking about yeah so. no absolutely and i think you know all the wonderful people listening to this podcast um they know they know it's so much more about them than anything that the dog is doing <laughs> okay so i, I want to talk just a little bit more about the energy work right so um can can you walk us through um, what that looks like? You can do this virtually as well, right? Or in person, is that correct? And just like the communication, I prefer to do distance work. Because when I do, so when I do an energy work session, I'm like, I'm really in the mode. I'm like, I'm just like hunkered down in like a, almost like a meditative state when I'm working. So it would really be a disservice to have distractions other than my guides that are helping me, you know, that's really distracting. So yeah, everything is just done. What I do is we talk about, you know, when we're doing energy, we're, we talk more about, there's more information. You can tell me all the information you want. It's not like communication where I don't want to know. Um, <clears throat> so when we do an energy work session, we'll, we'll just schedule a time. And, uh, so you will know that I'm going to start at 9am working on fluffy. And then when I am done, um, I call you and give you a report. Um, so it's, you know, it's as simple as that, but when I'm doing the work, um, I'm balancing chakras. I'm working with the Hara, which is basically like your energy pipeline. I mean, a lot of times just balancing those things out makes a big difference for the animal. Um, and then after I do those things, which are just pretty basic, that's like getting a tune up for your car. Then I can go in, do a body scan and it's like, okay, am I seeing anything here? Am I, you know, what am I seeing in their matrix? Um, you know, we can work with the energy bubble. Everybody's got an energy bubble little aura. So we can work with that. Um, give the animal tools to protect themselves. 
you know, if they're having some of those issues. Yeah, it's really cool. And I work with some really cool beings when I'm doing energy work. I have a group of healers that I work with. Um, so, and then I have a whole like collective of beings that I call in before I start a session. So it's some of those sessions can get way out there. <laughs> like, like literally I have a room in space that I work in, um, which is really cool. <laughs> it's so cool. And like, I think that until people experience it. So like, I've had the great privilege of you've worked on me before, right? You've done energy work on me. And I think this is when you were still doing more stuff in person. We go back several years, but um, yeah, I don't work on people anymore. Right. Right. But I think that I have experienced that. So I can really understand so much of like what you're saying and like how useful that can be for the dogs. And I love the energy work, especially for those dogs who are not particularly good with new people, who probably are have some pain stuff going on that like the typical like massage, acupuncture, chiropractic is really not feasible at this very moment. Like there's so many benefits to the energy work that you offer, especially for, for dogs or animals that fall into that category. Yep. And I have had clients where they don't want people touching them. So they couldn't go to the, I mean, cause this, you know, this dog, I'm particularly dog I'm thinking about really could have used some chiropractic work. Um, but no, that would never happen. Cause he just wouldn't, you know, he's not going to let that person touch him much less manipulate his body. Right. So yeah. So we did some energy work and he felt a lot better. Um, I worked with him for a while until he was older. So finally he, finally he crossed, but, um, yeah, but it was very helpful for that dog because nobody could, you know, get their hands on him in that way. So. Yeah, absolutely. I remember like one of the very first times I met you, you were working with, um, another trainer's dog who had a, I think a bite history. And you were working from a distance doing the energy work. And I remember just like my mind being blown. I'm like, this is amazing, right? Like, because I know that so many people who have dogs who are wary of being touched or not great with strangers or have a bite history. Like, I know that that is a huge source of anxiety for the people because they're so worried about like making sure they're getting the dog the care they need, but doing it safely. And you are such a beautiful medium for them so that they can, they can get the energy work that they need, but it's, it's hands off. Right. Totally. Yes. Um, it's just helpful for everybody all the way around. And, you know, I'm really careful when I work. I mean, just like people, some animals are more sensitive than others. And so a lot of times, and you'll find this a lot with older animals, like I've even found this with my my own animals. It's like, I can, I'm here with them. So I can do hands-on work, but as they get older and up there, they don't want it. They would rather go lay across the room and, and get that. So, you know, especially for the older guys, um, it's really helpful. I always work with the intention that they get exactly what they need, kind of that Goldilocks principle. I don't want them getting too much. I don't want them getting too little. I work with the intention that they get exactly what their body requires um, to heal, to heal their mind, to heal their body. Um, you know, trauma, a lot of trauma can be released with an energy work session, which is totally amazing. Yes. Um, you know, really that can't remember the name that the dog oh, is it the lab and it like got attacked by the neighbor yes yes so that was a, a perfect case of that you know we did some work released some trauma and she was doing much better than last time you spoke about her Yes. Yes. So, and I, I have you on the back of my mind very frequently in consults with people, right? And because, you know, even dogs who, you know, 
come from breeders. Like, you know, Josie's an example of that, right? Like they knew her background, but she had a traumatic event. And that was really a catalyst for a lot of stuff that kind of spiraled for her. But I know that a lot of people who have recently rescued dogs who are fearful, who are reactive or aggressive, like that is a lot of stuff for physical forms to carry literally carry right and and when we can release that not only just from like their emotional state but from their physical state there's so much progress that can be made there because the dog can be comfortable and more content right total i mean yeah and that doesn't mean that they're gonna have a session with me and then things are gonna be perfect <laughs> no i mean i wish that i wish i could do that um, we don't want to mislead anybody, but it can help enough that then training can kick in because there's not all this other junk going on in their body and in their head and then, you know, so yeah. Yeah. It helps so, okay. So I want to hear from you because I know that there's probably a lot of misconceptions that you hear about the work that you do. So I know we kind of touched on some of this, right? That like, you do not just talk to a dog once and everything is magically fixed. That's not the way that it works. But um, can you think of any other misconceptions that you'd like to help people break through to understand what you really do? Well, I think we already went over that a little bit. It's not, this is not a way just to tell your animal, you know, you're doing this and I don't like it and stop doing it. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's a, it, you know, it truly has to be a conversation, but I have had it happen where the person is not open, which is strange because they're calling me and spending their money for me to talk to their animal. And yet they're really not open. Like this one lady just flat out lied to me. And at the time I didn't know she was lying. Um, but I had the hardest time getting through to this dog. I'm like, what me, you know, what am I doing? This dog just does not want to talk to me. And that's okay. Sometimes the animals really aren't open. And that's fine. Um, but it just felt weird. Just energetically weird. Just the whole process felt strange. Um, so I got a bit of information out of the animal. And then I was talking, you know, kind of winding things up with the lady. Well, come to find out, she was thinking of giving him up. So basically she was lying to me. Why would just tell me that I'm there to help, you know, you got to come clean with me. If you're, if you're going to think you're duping me, you're going to dupe me. You know, I need clean, honest information so that I can help the animal. Um, so it's not a guessing game. It's, I know some people like, why talk to a communicator and she knew everything that was going on before she, you know, before I told her anything, I'm like, well, that's great. Maybe some people can operate that way. I don't. I do need some information to get information because it's a conversation. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a parlor trick. It's not a guessing game. I need good, solid facts from you so that I can take those things to your animal and relay what's going on, um, you know, and get solid information from the animal. So, a lot of times people, think that I should be psychic and just know all this stuff. It's like, no, I'm not psychic. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just somebody that's speaking two languages and trying to get information across to both of you. So yeah, that's probably one of the most frustrating things. And it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does happen, it's just like, <laughs> it's really annoying. <laughs> Well, and it's like, I mean, ultimately with any, anything we do in our lives, right? Animal communication and energy work included. If we can't be, if we can't be authentic in the experience, of course, the experience is not going to be what we want it to be, you know, right. like, and, and I, I don't know, I guess people probably don't always have to be like, quote unquote, open to what you're saying, but they have to be honest about what's really happening. If they want to get any value or truth from your interpretation of what the dog is saying. Exactly. Help. I mean, skepticism is fine. I'm not saying don't be skeptical because it's crazy. I mean, it sounds crazy. <laughs> it sounds crazy. But at the same time, if you're going to call me up, then it's like, oh, I mean, I say it to me. Say, I don't know if I really believe this or not, but I'm willing to be open enough to give it a try because I want to help my dog. Right. And I will tell you the people that are more open and 
even though they may be skeptical, if they're open and they're willing to just have fun with it and wing it, um, you know, those are the really good sessions. Oh my God. So, because yeah. your animal knows you. So if your animal knows that you're, you know, worried or just really thinking this is sketchy, I mean, what are they going to think? They're going to be worried and they're going to think it's sketchy. Yeah. So, you know, if you're open, your animal's more open and then everybody wins. So and you can just get more out of the process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so um, I want to just kind of wrap it up here, Kim, but um, we were talking before that you have some other super cool stories. So if you want to share with maybe like one like pretty remarkable communication story, um, I, I would love to hear it. I know the listeners probably would too. Okay, the craziest thing that has happened to me, this still blows my mind. So, um, so I told you we took, I took the apprenticeship with four other gals and one of the gals uh, had a friend whose sister had died unexpectedly. And it, it looked a little, they didn't know, um, you know, was it just an accident or was there foul play? Because they found her in the basement um, at the bottom of the stairs. And uh, so she didn't show up for work. And everybody, of course, was worried because she was very prompt and you know, that wasn't like her. So they went over to her house and they found her deceased at the bottom of the stairs. Um, and she worked, I believe in law enforcement. So they really didn't know it was like, okay, was this foul play or maybe, you know, did somebody break in? They just didn't know what happened. So she had two cats. And so my friend said, well, we'll talk to the cats and see if they can tell us anything. It's like, okay, that's valid, but she didn't want to do it by herself. So she's like, who wants to join me on this adventure since it's kind of uncharted territory? And I can't remember. I think we were out of the apprenticeship, but not far out of the apprenticeship. So we were still kind of newbies and like, okay, we're going to tackle this. We're going to tag team it. So we decided, you know, we got together at our allotted time and we decided we were all just going to sit down and do like a five minute meditation. You know, we were zooming it just like we are now. Um, we're just going to do a little five minute meditation before we begin. And then we're going to start talking to the cats and see if we can get any information. So we did our meditations and then we came on at front row. We did our meditations and then we came on at the end of our meditations and we're all like, oh my God, you will never believe what happened. And I swear to God, this happened to all three of us. The lady that had died came through to us in our personal separate meditations, introduced herself, told us how the whole thing happened. So apparently she had been going down, just going down to, you know, do laundry or whatever she was doing to get down in the basement and her knee had given out and she fell down the stairs and that's how she had died. So there was no foul play involved. Um, and it was just that simple. It wasn't like the cats didn't trip her. It was just, you know, she showed me like, you know, when somebody kicks you behind the knee and your knee gives out, you know, that's what happened. Her knee just gave out on her and she fell down the stairs. So we were all freaked out because all three of us got talked to this lady unbeknownst to the other when it was happening. So that was freaking itself. Super fun though. Um, you know, just, just crazy. So then we talked to the cats um, because oddly enough, when they came in, you know, then the police came and the coroner came and people are coming in and out and the cats stayed in the house, which was odd because a lot of times with all those weird people and the doors oh, were open, the cats would have been gone. Um, so when we talked to the cats, we're like, okay, well, it was great that you stayed in the house, you know, that really, because her sister ultimately ended up taking the cats, um, you know, so, but the cat said, oh, she was there with us when all that was going on and they were taking her body out and they were doing all this investigation and all this stuff going on. She was there with us. We were fine. Oh my gosh. It was so crazy. That is remarkable. But like hearing you say that, you hear all those stories of like 
animals who will like don't leave the area of where the person died even when the body is gone maybe because energetically they're literally still there still there i know it was just we were all just so it was like it was so sad that the lady had gone you know but she was so nice when we all talked to her she was just like the sweetest little lady oh i can still see her um so and she was like i'm fine i'm fine she's like i know people miss me but i'm doing great you know don't it was just so awesome it's just such an awesome experience and woo woo exciting at the same time <laughs> and the cats are doing fine they're living with the sister and they're doing great so yeah it was just so cool yes yeah so even though i do this i still get stuff that blows my mind that's that's like the, that's that's what i love about dog training like i still learn more and learn from new dogs and like all this exciting stuff happens like i think that that's what's so appealing about like something we spend so much time doing is that we continue to learn grow and experience awesome stuff doing it right and sometimes i feel like a dork when i have a session because it's like oh my god that's never happened before that is so cool <laughs> It's like, okay, I've been doing this a while. You think I wouldn't still get excited about stuff, but I do. <laughs> so it's That's fun. Good. That's really good. Okay. So Kim, if my listeners want to connect with you, what, where is the best place for them to find you? I do have a website. Um, I'm so bad at technical things. <laughs> so it's pauseenergy.com. Um, or they can get me at, at Kim at pauseenergy.com or text me. I have kind of a sketchy phone because I'm not in love with my carrier. And I usually will get texts where sometimes I miss calls. Okay. Um, so texting is best 303-807-3220. Amazing. Okay. And then um, they can just text you, find you on the website or email you, and then they can set up a communication or energy work session that way. Yep. Amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. you sharing all of this. I know everyone's really going to love this episode. It was fun. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes and if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me you could leave a five-star review over on apple podcast to help more like-minded individuals find us